Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hi, and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm David Harvey. I'm a Senior Investment Analyst at Wealth Within. What I'm wanting to share with you today is a little bit more on the uh, printing of the American dollars. I guess the general impact of uh, printing of the US dollar, and so much of it by the, uh, the US central bankers, is that it has a generally a deflationary effect on the value of the US currency. And this then has, a, has an effect uh, right around the world. I think that just in terms of focusing on the relationship there between say the US and China is really what I want to talk about today and then that impacts in turn on the, then the Chinese relationship with Australia. The Chinese have their own currency linked to the US dollar. So that means then that as the US dollar deflates, that means then that the Chinese currency comes back in value and it therefore effectively deflates with the US currency. There are a number of people around the world, and particularly the, the US, they uh, righteously protest at this, they say that the, because the Chinese are much, much stronger economically than, say, uh, US, UK, therefore they should be doing more about uh, keeping their own currency stronger because then that becomes in the interest of the world. But from the Chinese perspective, they're saying, well, look, if our currency is smaller in value, that means then that we can be much more competitive with regard to our exports it means then that they can keep all those factories operating at full capacity. It means then that they can keep all their people employed in those export activities. And so from the Chinese perspective, on, on the one hand, they're complaining about the US and uh, uh, them allowing their currency to deflate. But on the other hand, in many ways, it still suits the Chinese to see that happening for the moment. So then from a Chinese perspective, what they're saying is, I'm holding all this uh, U.S. debt, and uh, therefore, as the the U.S. keeps printing this money, it means that our foreign reserve is diminishing in value. So, therefore, what the Chinese are now doing is actually moving U.S. dollars, or they're actually cashing in their U.S. dollars by purchasing real assets. And you'll find that the Chinese are big buyers of from time to time. They're buying uh, stockpiles of iron ore because uh, what they prefer to do is buy the iron ore ahead of time because the US dollar is depreciating. So that's a, that's a pretty good thing for them to do. Other things they're doing is buying gold, and I think there are a lot of countries around the world who are buying gold at the moment and using up their US dollars. And uh, then the other thing that they can do is invest in real assets like Australian resource companies, because that would suit them as well from the point of view that they will then be able to benefit because those companies are going to be potentially doing quite a bit of export to China and India over the next decade. And that then feeds into what the other thing that I'm wanting to talk about, if I just talk very quickly about Australian banks. But what we have is a situation where we've got uh, the, the banks being supported by our, from a, by our tax through the government because the government is actually supporting the banks so that the banks don't fall over by giving them guarantees and things of that nature. And then we've seen uh, lots of our taxpayers' money going into stimulus packages, and they do have to spend something, and I, I don't begrudge that. But what I do begrudge is us spending so much on supporting the banks 
banks are still making enormous profits, their share price is incredibly well supported, but at the same time that the banks are not prepared to actually do a lot of investing in activities that would actually contribute to our GDP growth going forward. What they're more interested in doing is lending to, on the consumption side of the equation through, say, credit cards or lending for, um, say, for buying property, but not for developing property. So what the banks are doing at the moment is they're, they're, they're very nicely placed, they're supported by the government, and at the same time they won't lend to activities such as, um, I've spoken of these in the past, but they won't lend money to, uh, say, property developers who want to develop, say, a, a 20 units on a block. They won't do that, and yet that would be a great way to be able to um, address the issue of the Reserve Bank, and that is property bubbles, because uh, then that would create more competition and therefore control the price better. They'd rather lend to the person who wants to buy a property that's developed and therefore there's, there's fewer of them and therefore the price goes up and then the Reserve Bank wants to raise interest rates so that it can control that. But I don't think that's the right way. They should be getting the banks to lend to developers so that we can control the property prices that way. They're very reluctant to loan to small business at the moment and uh, that's an area where they employ lots of people in Australia. The Australian banks are, are very reluctant to lend to some of our mining companies who have got projects ready to go, but they can't get the money. Another point there is that uh, the BHP CEO, Marius Kloppers, has been uh, talking about this. And what he was saying there is that there's probably about $80 billion worth of uh, projects that could be funded that are up and, up and ready to go. So these are the result of exploration over the last, say, four or five years, now ready to go. But these projects, you'd have to say that we're, the feeling is that uh, we're past the worst of the global financial crisis. We're now wanting to build up the real GDP in our country. And so therefore, these companies are approaching our local banks and the local banks won't loan them the money because what they're saying is, oh, no, no, you're too risky. And yet, at the same time, we're supporting the banks. You know, I think the government ought to be putting some conditions on why we should be supporting them. In return for that undertaking or that understanding, they ought to be taking a little bit more risk. But anyway, so what happens there is that these companies, very good companies apparently, are not able to get um, a loan from local banks. So what happens then is their share price falls over. The project is still there. And uh, lo and behold we suddenly find that uh, some Chinese company is able to come in and save the day. So then they take 51% and then uh, then we, we move on from there. But nonetheless, I suppose the, the bottom line is we can't get too, I suppose, testy about that in that eventually we do have 49% of it and that 49% then goes back into shareholders in Australia and we do nonetheless that we're still able to create the jobs. But nonetheless, that what Marius Kloppers has said is that OK, he accepts that the banks couldn't fund all of those projects. There's just not enough cash in the banks to be able to fund the $80 billion. But nonetheless, that if they were able to fund 50% of it or 30% of it, that might actually then create a better balance in terms of moving forward, in terms of balance between local investors or local funding and foreign investment. And uh, I think that would be better for all of us. And then um, it means then that we're not selling so much of the farm then it's better for Australians in terms of it'll create Australian jobs, creates export earnings, and therefore the government 
will um, benefit from that and therefore us as a nation will benefit from that and there'll be share price gains. So this, I think, is really a matter of national interest and I think that the government ought to be putting pressure on the banks to be doing a little bit more lending even though they see this as being risky because at the bottom the bottom line is that as taxpayers we're, uh, un- we're underpinning this risk or indemnifying the banks indirectly in any case so they ought to be getting on with it. Anyway I thought that uh, I'd just leave those thoughts with you. If you've got some ideas about how we can actually influence government to uh, lean on these banks then I think if you could do that, that'd be fantastic. I'm hoping you have a great week. This is David Harvey signing off from Talking Wealth, and I look forward to catching you next time. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 SHARE TRADE.